Welcome to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dan Catchpole, reporter with News Data's Clearing Up, joined by my ho- co-host and editor of News Data's California Energy Markets, Jason Fordney. News Data covers the energy sector in California, the Northwest, and beyond like no one else. And here are some of our top stories right now. First, Jason, how are you doing? Great, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. We had uh, my daughter's, my oldest daughter's 11th birthday party this weekend. Went, uh, took her rock climbing with her friends. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Were you using like ropes and equipment? Or? Well, I, just do a gem, you know, less oh, light, like yeah. rock ball. Yeah, it's that'd a be lot a lot. easier. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you wouldn't want to oversee safety for a bunch of your friends' kids. I could see that. I know my limitations. <laughs> you know. So, Thank yeah, you. everybody survived. Everybody had a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's a good time. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Yeah, well, I'm going to go ahead and get us started for, for our stories this week. Uh, SPP, the Southwest Power Pool, its Markets Plus governance team rolled out a straw proposal, which they divvied up authorities very clearly. Uh, they At the top of the org chart is SPP's own board of directors, but they drove home in the straw proposal and during a webinar late last month that the uh, the power uh, and responsibilities of the board of directors is very limited to a very finite number of things. And really the real decision-making power rests with an in- independent panel that would be elected from the markets plus participants and voting stakeholders. And that was really the main, uh, I guess the, the meat of the proposal that they had. And really what got discussed at length in the webinar, the from beyond the markets plus independent panel, the MIP, because of course, with a new market entity comes new acronyms that we all have to learn. Uh, so need more acronyms in this industry. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then there's other committees that would round this out to propose policies, propose changes. Uh, and including one of uh, representing state regulators. So the responsibilities of the board of directors, SPP's board of directors really would be confined to things like that, like contracts that entities sign, like say a utility signs a contract to participate in the markets plus they're signing it. And the SPP is the other signatory on that contract. So contract language things would be, under the purview of the board of directors, whereas markets plus market mechanisms would be under the purview of the markets plus independent panel. So you can uh, read more about all that at news data's uh, clearing up. And Jason, what do you have? Well, uh, Friday, I took a look at refund orders from the federal energy regulatory commission, kind of a big deal. Um, What FERC did is they been issuing orders for refunds for power sales that were made uh, in August 2020 during tight supply conditions. This is when we had the rolling outages in California. Um, So very interesting where you have federal regulators coming in and basically resetting prices, transactions. The people that we talked to uh, from the Western Power Trading Forum say that this will create uncertainty around power grid trading and maybe even operations this summer. 
Uh, it could create reluctance to sell power during times this summer when uh, tight supply uh, conditions are in place. Um, FERC on May 20th issued the latest round of refund orders instructing sellers to pay back revenue from sales in the Western Electricity Coordinating Council, which covers much of the West, including California. These were transactions outside CAISO, but within WEC, um, where there's a $1,000 per megawatt hour soft price cap. Um, so a very detailed filings from some of the sellers, for instance, Tri-State. Um, the, the, price, the prices were uh, based on Palo Verde Hub, um, but uh, lots of things in play here, like the Mobile Sierra Public Interest Standard. And um, what, what FERC did was uh, they, they made the, the sales be re retroactively set uh, at an index price, um, which drew some, got some heartburn. Uh, FERC member James Danley dissented in all these orders. Um, the, he said the legal question in this case is whether the commission can abrogate a contract to sell electricity pursuant to market-based rate authority when the contract price is above a commission-imposed soft price cap. Absent a finding that the public interest so demands, the answer is no, according to Danley. Uh, what he said is power sellers really have no choice but to sell at these times or face investigation for economic or physical withholding. The end result is that FERC is forcing entities to sell power at a price set by regulators. And this will, I'd be shocked if it doesn't go to court, uh, which will drag it out. We won't have any resolution by this summer, which will create some uncertainty when people are selling power and not knowing with the prices going to hold. So, yep, uh, you'll see more of these um, orders from FERC and you can read more of our coverage at newsdata.com. Yeah, a lot of interesting information there in your story, Jason. Thanks. Uh, people should definitely go check it out and it'll be interesting to see more of that, I'm sure, coming in the, the years ahead, uh, just given the dynamics. I should add, by the way, I didn't clarify in my story uh, about the Markets Plus proposal. This is just a straw proposal. Nobody has actually signed on to, like, or signed up to mm -hmm. be in the Markets Plus uh, program. So, well, uh, I got a story here from my colleague, Casey Mahaffey. So a relatively cool April was followed by a relatively chilly wet May, which has improved the water supply outlook in many Columbia Basin watersheds. Some good news ahead of the summer. But some areas, especially those that were already dry, didn't get as much precipitation as would have one would have hoped, and their water supply will continue to fall short this summer, according to the Northwest River Forecast Center's latest water supply briefing on June 2nd. So uh, the... The forecast for the summer, you know, it's not expected to be as hot as it was last year, but I can attest to it has been a cold and wet May. Uh, keep waiting for summer to show up. Right now, it feels more like April. But uh, yep. yeah, this was some good news going into the summer. So great. Glad to hear that. We uh, had a bunch of rain here this weekend, which was welcome. Uh, so it won't make a huge difference, but every little drop helps, I guess. But yeah, glad to hear that. Uh, back in our territory, we have coverage from Abigail Sawyer Transmission Project's advanced mission of bringing Wyoming wind westward. Construction began this week on, or that would be last week, 
on one of two major transmission projects expected to deliver Wyoming wind power to load centers further west by the middle of the decade. Um, the first project is Pacific Corps Gateway South, a 416-mile segment of the 2,000-mile 500 kV Energy Gateway transmission project uh, received on May 26th. A notice to proceed with construction from the Wyoming State Office of BLM. Um, so BLM said this is a significant milestone in the Biden-Harris administration effort to modernize Americans' power infrastructure in the West and permit at least 25 gigawatts of wind and solar. Um, construction on that project began on June 1st. Uh, also, FERC in February accepted the capacity allocation process of TransWest Express, a wholly owned affiliate of the privately held Anschutz Corporation based in Denver that is developing the TransWest Express transmission project. That reminds me of that old Kraftwerk song. What was that? TransEurope Express. Uh, TransWest <laughs> Express transmission project, which is 500 kV, 732 mile line, running from Wyoming to Boulder City, Nevada. Uh, TWE's Wyoming to Utah segment will be a 500 kV DC line. The Utah to Nevada segment will be 500 kV AC. So, uh, yeah, some good news there for people wanting new transmission. These are not small projects. One, 2,000 miles, and the other, uh, what did I say, 732 miles. So, yeah, let's move that wind west, see how it goes. And as we need as much of it as we can get. Yes. Well, there are still spots open for Newsdata's June 23rd, 24th virtual conference covering the regional wholesale power market in the Northwest. We've got a great lineup of speakers who will be appearing. Uh, so urge everybody to check it out. Go to newsdata.com for more information. And aside from yeah. that, that's that's all from me. Uh, I'm Dan Catchpole. Thank you for joining us. As always, please rate and review this podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and let other people know about it. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at D Catchpole and my co-host Jason Fordney is on Twitter. He's at Fordney Energy. Yep, I'd also say thanks for listening to Energy West. You can read more of our coverage at newsdata.com. Nobody covers energy in the West like we do. Follow us on Twitter. CEM is at CEM News Data. That's the letter CEM News Data. Clearing up our sister publication is at CU News Data. Again, that's the letters CU News Data. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next week. You've been listening to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. 